Welcome to Cases and Controversies, a Supreme Court podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson. And I'm Jordan Rubin. And it's that time of year again, the time for our supremely funny episode where we count down the funniest high court moments of 2019. And it's your annual reminder that the Supreme Court is, well, really not that funny. But we're going to give it a shot anyway. Jordan, why don't you start us off with number 10? Supreme Court justices, they're just like us. One of the latest examples of this came in the ERISA case argued December 4th, Intel Corp Investment Policy Committee against Salima. That case dealt with people's knowledge of ERISA violations in their investments. That led Justice Ginsburg to make a damning admission to sort of awkwardly weep laughter. Uh, There are many people who don't read these mailings. I must say, I don't read all the mailings that I get about (laughs) my my investments. And the next day, after the argument, our friends over at Supreme Court Watchdog Fix the Court tweeted out, Nothing matters, but it is odd for a justice to admit violating federal law at oral argument. Jurists must inform themselves about personal and fiduciary financial interests for recusal purposes. Good times. That's number 10. And at number nine is Chief Justice Roberts, who frequently has to play traffic cop at the court. But Georgetown prep classmates Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh gave the chief a run for his money in Rodriguez versus FDIC. That's wrong. I agree that that rule of uh, you would not put a thumb on the scale where the parties have a contract. As okay, we have okay. Oh, yes. All right, that's a lot yes. of work. It's wrong. It's wrong. We got that. Okay. You said, did so, you so, say yes, though. You, you, you said it's wrong. So, so if that's the case, counsel, <laughs> he said it's wrong. I'm not. Yes. I'm not letting him off the hook so fast. No, I, I'm trying now, to keep him now, on. I'm, I'm getting wheezy with this back and yeah. forth. I'm, to be clear, let me just. So dipping back into last term, but still this year, a March's argument in PDR Network against Carlton and Harris Chiropractic. And the question this clip raises is, what is Justice Alito doing on the Metro at midnight? Do you know how many pages uh, were issued in the Federal Register in 2018? I do not. I think it's something like 90,000 pages. Right. But somebody in 2013 I – I once saw somebody riding home on the metro at midnight in Washington, D.C., reading the Code of Federal Regulations. And I thought, only in Washington, D.C. could you see this site. But do you think people out in other parts of the country are – they're waiting for the latest – addition to the Code of Federal Regulations. Yeah, I I didn't suggest that PDR. So what do we got for number seven? Well, we're going to go all the way back to January for this one. And, you know, Jordan, it's been said that the justices' questions are really just a conversation with one another through the oral advocate. I've heard that. uh, Sometimes, like in Home Depot versus Jackson, they just cut the middleman out. That's right. So you're reading that into the text. Well, original is at the beginning, isn't it? Oh, well, it's a jurisdiction ri- at the beginning from the original complaint. I, I totally agree. You, with you agree with Justice? <laughs> yes. You agree Absolutely. with Justice Kagan's I mean, answer to my question? They're, 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 uh, I don't. I, I feel like. I'm- All right. So number six. So we already have Justice Alito on the Metro, and this one we have Chief Justice Roberts at the Mall, and that one, this one, raises the question of. 
How do justices think that people's conversations in the real world actually go? Now, this clip is from last term in Yanku against Brunetti. Yeah, the, you say that, um, you know, this product's not going to be in Walmart, right? Correct. But, but it is going to be on people walking down through the mall. And, uh, you know, for parents who are trying to teach their children not to use those kinds of words, they're going to look at that and say, well, look at that. And then, you know, they're going to see the little trademark thing and say, well, it's registered trademark. Well, they won't say that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but you, but you understand. You understand so, wow, Jordan, I can't believe we made it all the way to number five without supremely funny Frequent, Without laughing? Right. No, <laughs> that too. But also without a clip from Justice Breyer. Wow. I know. But don't worry. We haven't forgotten about him. Okay, good. Here he is in a criminal case, Rahif versus the United States. I'm, I'm sorry. Please go ahead. Uh, why is everybody assuming there has to be a mistake of fact? I mean, law sometimes can be a fact. I mean, uh, a person overstays his visa. Right. So He doesn't know he's overstated. He isn't quite sure what the law is. There's a law that says it is a, it is a serious crime, 20 years in prison, to stay in a federal building illegally after there's a rule which says you have to leave. Nobody knows about it. Uh, in fact, I just made it up, so I doubt it. <laughs> but, but, but look, there could be many. There you go, situ- Justice Breyer. Don't say we never did anything for you. Okay. Number four. So I have to say I really enjoyed this body slam from Justice Kagan in the recent argument over copyright in George's annotated legal code. It started out actually kind of nice from her, letting a advocate start to talk, but it ended a little bit differently for him. Check it out. By the court. Such annotations are written after the fact as an attempt to accurately describe or provide context for the underlying source. Mr. Yen, I'm, I'm sorry, Finish your sentence. Well, I was just going to say that the the annotations here are research aids. They are created after the fact. They provide a comprehensive, not a selective uh, selection of materials related to the statutes. There's no approval for the substance. And, in fact, the context is easier than Callahan because it's made by — Don't finish it that far. Okay. All right. I'm happy to stop. Okay, Jordan, so number three might actually be pretty funny. Whoa. I know. Brace yourselves. It's from Pam Carlin in the Title VII sex discrimination cases. She went for a move that really only a seasoned advocate like herself can pull off. With plenty of time left in the argument, she took advantage of this brief pause. Men and women. Title VII was intended to make sure that men were not disadvantaged relative to women and women were not disadvantaged relative to men. And when you tell two employees who come in, both of whom tell you they married their partner Bill last weekend, when you fire the male employee who married Bill and you give the female employee who married Bill a couple of days off so she she can celebrate the joyous event, that's discrimination because of sex. Well, if no one has any further questions, I'll reserve the remainder of my time for rebuttal. Well, I think we'll have further questions. Uh, Okay, that was a good one, actually. Um, That one went a little better for her from a comedic perspective than her testimony at the House impeachment hearing earlier this month. Between him and a king, which is the Constitution says there can be no titles of nobility. So while the president can name his son Baron, he can't make him a Baron. Okay, we got the top two left. You ready, people? So, 
This one was another nice performance that could only come from an experienced advocate. This time, Goldstein and Russell's Sarah Harrington, who we'll all remember we had on the show earlier this season. And this argument was in November in the Fourth Amendment case, Glover, uh, against Kansas. Unlicensed. Yeah, right. All right. Then, then um, why, why, is it, why, why shouldn't we read the, um, the declaration here as effectively saying that, um, that I assume I'm an officer. This is what I do. Right. I assume this is the driver. This is okay? Kansas, not This is the owner, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Yeah, Kimberly, I'm not sure if that one counts as a funny moment for Gorsuch or Harrington. Maybe we'll have to let the listeners decide. We should. We should. All right, we're at number one, which... Getting emotional. <laughs> which we're going to head back to the Title Seven cases again to close out this year. Here's Pam Carlin. Chief Justice Roberts, and, a little bit later, Jeff Harris, the attorney for the county. This is so. When I got up, the Chief Justice said to me, Ms. Carlin, I am willing to bet any amount of money I have that when Mr. Harris gets up, he's going to say, Mr. Harris, he has treated us differently because of sex, but that's not discriminatory because neither of us has been subjected to a disadvantage. If you fire, if you fire the man who lo- Thank you. Thank you, counsel. Counsel? <laughs> Sorry. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court. Touche. Touche. Back to back touches. Wow. That's why, that's why they're one and two. Wow. I didn't even realize that. Touche. Subconscious. Touche. All right, that does it for this year's Supremely Funny. Sorry, guys, they've only given us so much to work with, but seriously, thanks for listening to Cases and Controversies for another year, and here's hoping we get some better material in 2020. So we're going to take a break here at Cases and Controversies to celebrate the holidays, but we'll be back with our sneak peek episode on January 13th. Until then, you can follow along with all the latest Supreme Court news, funny or not, at news.bloomberglaw.com. Thanks for listening. You probably have a lot of questions about the environment. Well, so do we. Are we talking like radioactive chemicals? Is this becoming sort of irrelevant if the U.S. doesn't participate in this? What's going on here? How far did the Trump administration go? And is mining really better down where it's wetter climate change chemicals water pollution you name it if it's in the environment we're talking about it listen to bloomberg environment's official podcast parts per billion wherever you get your podcasts and of course get up to the minute reporting at our website news.bloombergenvironment.com